Hello and welcome, neighbors. I'm Brian Plain, and this is the Live Here Riverside podcast. This podcast shares the stories of good people doing great things right here in our village of Riverside, Illinois. My guest today is Amy Jacksick. Amy served as the very first market manager for the Riverside Farmers Market years ago, and along with a committed group of volunteers, has continued to help our local farmers market thrive in our small village. In our conversation, we discuss Amy's journey from how she originally found Riverside, how she first got involved with the farmers market, how the market has changed and evolved over the years, and what's in store for this season at our local farmers market. Without further ado, here's my conversation with our neighbor, Amy Jacksick. All right, Amy, thanks for joining me on the show today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So let's start with your story. So where are you originally from Riverside or I guess, where did, where did you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey um, and moved here post-college. I'm sorry, I should back up. I moved to Chicago post-college and then we've been in Riverside about 15 years now. Okay. And um, we won't we won't dive into my my native Jersey roots. We'll talk about that offline. But um, <laughs> we how, so how did you how did you make the leap? How did you? Go, I'm always curious how people discovered Riverside. So how did you guys come to find out about Riverside? Uh, not being from the area and then living in Chicago. Sure, um, my husband and I are both in advertising, and for some reason at that point, when we were a ton of people in advertising living in Riverside. So I had a couple people from my agency who lived here and uh, one still going to convince us to actually move here. She's over on Woodside and she said, come out to Riverside and get lost. Just drive around and get lost. And uh, my husband and I came out and um, loved it immediately and knew we were going to buy here just after that one visit. So it was easy. It was an easy decision because we were ready to leave the city at that point. Gotcha. I always, again, I always think it's, it's interesting how people, how people hear about Riverside and, and come here for the first time. And, and you said it's, it's been 15 years now that you've been here? Yeah. Yep. It's been 15 years. Okay. And do you guys have uh, kids as well too that you've gone through the yep. school? We just, yeah, we have one child who's 13 and is at Hauser right now. Okay. And and I know, and we'll get into, um, you know, your, your kind of affiliation with the farmer's market and all that stuff shortly. But I have to say in my, in my research for the episode here, I, I had popped in your name and I immediately was pulled up to, you know, see, uh, being on the PTO, being involved in many other things. So it sounds like you, uh, you, 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 you greatly involved yourself here in Riverside. Is, is that an accurate statement? I do greatly. Yeah, but I'm proud to say I'm learning to say no. <laughs> <laughs> this was the year of no, like I've been asked to get involved in some things and I proudly for the times. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you for sharing a, 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 a yes with us. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, so I guess, again, the reason I, I was interested in kind of having you on and to, to obviously hear your story is that when, when we moved to town about two years ago, um, the farmer's market was literally one of the first things we, we heard about. We moved in, in May and I just remember seeing all the signs all over town and um, just kind of seeing, you know, you, your updates about it. So how did you, I guess, tell us a little bit, I guess, the story of how you kind of first got involved with the, with the farmer's market here in Riverside. Sure. The market has been in Riverside. I can never remember if this is our eighth or ninth year. I think it's our ninth year. And I wound up getting involved because the market had been around for a year and 
they were having a hard time kind of getting it off the ground. And they a call out to volunteers via the um, village email that goes out fairly regularly, promoting stuff in town, stuff like that, and asking for a market manager. And I was home at that point with my son and was uh, excited about the opportunity to get involved. And I think they were looking for volunteers, uh, plural. <laughs> and I was, the, I was the only one who responded. So by default, I was made the market manager. And I, my son was pretty young now. He was in preschool. So he's been like a, a market mascot for many years at this point because he, by default, gets, has gotten dragged there for nine years at this point. So he knows all the vendors and uh, he knows the ins and outs and he understands the local food movement. And so he went up learning a lot because he didn't have any choice, but yeah, it all started because the village needed, you know, they, they didn't, they don't have the capacity, especially then there was no way they were going to hire a market manager. Um, Last year was the first year that we've ever invested in hiring a market manager prior to that it's been 100 percent volunteer which is pretty unusual if you know much about farmers markets um usually there's a paid market manager or a chamber of commerce runs it so they've got you know a different type of person running the market but we're unusual that we were 100 percent volunteer up until last year so we made a go of it for a really long time with just village residents running oh, yeah. the show which was but no that is, uh, that is i was gonna say that is surprising to hear um how so i guess t- take us through the evolution so if you were if you were the lone volunteer uh what was it eight eight years ago <laughs> or so here now um how how is it i guess tell us a little bit how, how the market has kind of evolved from when it first started to kind of maybe bring us to where, where it is today sure you're probably there i would be surprised if you knew this having just moved here a couple of years ago, but the market started next to the lot where the Riverside bank is, believe it or not. Okay. So that was it. (laughs) Um, They would, you know, block it off for us or for me, because I was a committee of one. (laughs) Um, And it was me and my son and a folding chair. And I was starting to learn the ropes and didn't know much. I knew I supported the local food movement, but wasn't sure how to run a farmer's market and uh, didn't really have time to do the research when they put out the call. I mean, they put out the call probably right before the first market started. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even really have any time to reach out to other communities and find out how they were handling things. So I kind of winged it that first year. Um, and it was a big uh, learning curve. But the following year, once I had time to kind of reassess where things were, and I knew if I had enough time through my other volunteer efforts that I've done and just people I knew in the village that I could get like-minded individuals involved. And that second year, we probably had a committee of eight, oh, wow. which was great. Yeah. Yeah. Like really amazing people. And I say this, because apparently you did Google me. <laughs> I've been involved in, in, in lots of things in town, but the, the market by far has been the best for meeting people that otherwise I never would have met, like residents on the committee. They're all amazing. And I never would have crossed paths with them because some had kids who are older, some don't have children. 
you know, some work full-time, some are full-time volunteers. We all just come from such different walks of life. And throughout the years, you know, we've um, added people and taken people away and, you know, by attrition on their, on their own part. And I've loved every single person I've met. Like I consider them all personal friends at this point because we've, been in the trenches together. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Eight years in, that you still feel that way. That's good. That's that's a positive thing to hear. As yeah, well. I love the people. I really do. You know, at eight years in, the time commitment's a bit much, which is why um, the village was so willing to hire a market manager last year because a lot of us on the committee are back to work full time or just unable to commit. Nobody unless they were being dishonest, which I find hard to believe dropped out due to lack of interest. Mm -hmm. It was just too many other things pulling them in different directions. Um, And Village saw that it was challenging for us, despite having, still having a committee of seven or eight of us. They said, well, we'll we'll back the hiring of a market manager for you guys then, which made a big difference last year. It alleviated because we develop such strong relationships with our vendors they and consider them friends as well they expected to see our familiar faces there every week and because our work schedules were all getting so crazy they were feeling unloved i think (laughs) so we needed to have a consistent person there they were spoiled by us for a number of years because we would divide the market hours between 2.30 and 7, usually into like thirds. And one of us on the committee would be there at all times, which they loved because they felt like they were heard and that we took their concerns seriously and we addressed things immediately. Um, And as we were all heading back to work and having less and less time to be there from 2.30 to 7 p.m., the vendors were becoming a little bit more cranky about it and we're spoiled by that handholding. So fortunately the village was gladly willing to step up and actually hire a market manager for us so that there's a consistent on-site presence. But every single week, one of us is still there on site. So it's a familiar face to all of our old vendors so that they know we're listening to them and we make the rounds. So we actually have a sign up genius <laughs> where we send a link out to everybody on the committee and say, pick a time. You no longer need to be there for hours on end. Just go for an hour and make the rounds and talk to the vendors. And we usually wear a market manager shirt so that residents will seek us out if they have stuff that they want to share with us. And um, that way it gets back to the committee and we address it immediately. So. Sure. No, that's, that's, that's cool. It's cool to hear the, the evolution and the story. And I guess picking up on that too. So, so I guess compared to when you first started, I guess, talk a little bit about kind of, you know, maybe even like the growth of the market. So, I mean, I mean, sure. I wasn't, I wasn't there for initially. So was it you and that's right. your, your one, your one vendor in the parking lot or was it? Or no, it know. wasn't that bad. <laughs> there were probably eight vendors at that point. And at our high point over the years, we've probably had as many as like 25 to 27. So um, we've only increased in size over the years. Um, This will be the first year that we've pulled back in size intentionally because with the move to the new location, 
we found that we weren't seeing a lot of the old familiar face shoppers who we would see every single week. So I think construction and the new location through residents for a loop and maybe some of our regular shoppers weren't coming, but we were getting new shoppers that we had never seen before. Um, so what was I saying? I just lost my thought now. We were talking about the evolution of, oh, about how the um, number of, how we purposely kind of limited the number of vendors this year because we would do online surveys after the market every single season. And I would send them out through any means I could find. So through the village and Riverside Exchange and Facebook because we wanted to hear from people. And every year it was, we want more farmers, we want more farmers. Well, we're never going to be Oak Park. It's not going to happen. You know, if, if you're looking for that breadth and those number of farmers, you've got to go to a, an enormous community compared to ours, which is Oak Park. We're just, when vendors find out that we have a, you know, a population of 9,000 or so, they're like, I'm not coming out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they need to do the math for themselves and determine if it's worthwhile. And uh, along those lines, another thing we hear in the survey every year is, why can't you move it to Saturdays? Well, same thing. We're not Oak Park. We're not Evanston. We're not Logan Square. We can't, these vendors are going to go where they have the largest potential population to purchase from them. Mm-hmm. And our village of 9,000 isn't that. And Brookfield has a market on Saturdays. And we certainly wouldn't want to, you know, be stealing any of their customers. In fact, I shop Brookfield on Saturdays. So mm-hmm. we wouldn't want to compete with Brookfield. Same as we're always looking for our Riverside bricks and mortar businesses to do well. Like we're thrilled when any farmer's market does well. So we would never consider moving to Saturdays because we wouldn't want to compete with Brookfield. And quite frankly, we can't compete due to the population size of Riverside. Sure. You know, we're not, and we'd also don't have the capacity to pull hundreds of people in at a time the way Oak Park does. We don't have the parking, you know, we don't have the, the parking lots. And so there are all kinds of challenges associated with trying to grow too fast. So we would get these surveys. I'll circle back to the, mm-hmm. um, the number of vendors. So I said, so we started with eight at our max. We're probably at like 27. So we get the surveys. We want more farmers. We want more farmers. We want more farmers. Well, last year we really upped it and added a bunch of new farmers and they just weren't selling enough. Mm-hmm. And it could have been for a variety of reasons because we never had that many farmers. And I do think the location change contributed to it. And I definitely think construction contributed to it. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, a lot of people aren't used to the urban mentality where you walk places, you know, having lived, I don't, I don't know if you moved from the city, but couldn't always park in front of your apartment or your condo you got used to walking or you never, you didn't want to move your car because you didn't want to lose your spot in the street. So I think it's, I think it's different in the suburbs. Many people want to park right in front Mm -hmm. or not at all. They'll just keep going. So we're also trying to reeducate people and say, walk, you know, Riverside's only two square miles. We understand that it's prohibitive for many people for health reasons Mm -hmm. or who knows why they've got small children with them and they're on the border of Riverside. So it's really inconvenient. So we try to take away any reason why they might not want to walk. You know, we got Riverside juniors to donate these rolling shopping carts so that, and we're willing as market managers, we'll say, go roll it to your car. 
pull around and we will walk up to your car and grab the cart from you so that you don't even need to, you know, park or anything. So we, we're trying to take away any excuse for people not to walk or ride their bikes or, um, so. No, that's, so that's, that's, that's great. I think, again, it's clear that you guys put a lot of, a lot of thought into it. And I've always been very impressed again, coming from the, you know, the Oak Park Forest Park area before we moved to Riverside. Um, obviously we, we spend many mornings at the, the farmer's market in Oak Park. Um, but I think for, again, for the, as you kind of highlighted for the size of our community, the fact that we have what we have, I think speaks a lot to obviously the work that, that you and the committee have done over the years to kind of, you know, keep that a viable option for us locally here. Um, because again, I think that's, that's where my head went initially. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm pretty impressed actually that we have a farmer's market given the fact that <laughs> this small size relative to our community. So yeah, so kudos, Amy, kudos. Um, uh, so, so, well, and the fact that we have one, sorry about that, nine years later, and I'm tooting the committee's own horn here, that, that the fact that we still have one nine years later that's thriving is impressive because Countryside had one, LaGrange Park had one. Um, I'm trying to think of who else near us. Stickney just started one last year. Um, I don't know if that survived. I know they were struggling, so it's hard. Mm-hmm. And Berwyn started one probably two years ago, and they've still only been, and they are a Sunday market. Maybe they're a Saturday market. But to this day, they've still only been able to have uh, two a month. So they haven't been able to go weekly just yet because they're waiting for support, I think, from the community and make sure that they don't grow too fast, which mm-hmm. is key. And then, and then I guess to kind of reduce uh, further barriers of entry for people <laughs> making it to the farmer's market, we're, we're recording this um, the night before the first market of the season. Um, it might be, might be mm-hmm. a month or so until we, we have this one live on the site, but I guess tell sure. people about the, the market in its current iteration and when it is and where it is and stuff like that. So that again, people have no excuse if they're listening to this as to where to, <laughs> where to find us. That's right. Uh, we are Wednesdays from 2.30 to 7 p.m. And that starts on Wednesday, June 7th. And we're going to run through mid-October. Um, we found that we, some people have asked us to run through the end of October. But you can appreciate Riverside is a very, very dark town come 7 p.m. <laughs> in late October. And we, we, we used to run to the end of October. And it was just it was pitch black by the time the farmers are packing up and stuff. So it just wasn't working out. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's helpful. And then I, I, again, in my internet sleuthing, um, I saw that you apparently you've, you've now got this farmer's market thing down now that you've decided to also explore the possibility of a community garden, um, coming to Riverside. Yeah. I I guess I, and I, I, again, this is also something that we, my wife and I, we had a, we had a community garden spot up in forest park when we lived up there right around. So again, I was interested to hear, hear more about, uh, I know know it's just a discussion at this point, but I'd be curious if you could share about that too. Oh, absolutely. Well, the whole reason the discussion even started is because I run the farmer's market Facebook page and we had liked the Forest Park Community Garden. Ah, there you go. <laughs> and, I was lo- and I was looking through their feed, and I'm like, this is awesome because it's right around the corner. And it's someone that, you know, similar to other farmer's markets, there, there's no reason a community garden wouldn't be open 
sharing their ideas with other communities. Go ahead and steal away. I don't care if you steal from me. So I had a feeling if we approached them that they'd be quite open to sharing, you know, the, the pluses and negatives and how they even got it off the ground. So I had seen that post and I posted it on the Riverside Facebook page, uh, the Farmer's Market Facebook page saying, how awesome is this? This is just down the street and look at this. They're thriving and we need something like this in Riverside. And it got like a million likes within the first 24 hours and lots of people commenting saying, I'm in, how do we do this? You know, and I, I saw a friend recently the other day and she said, this is going to seem like a weird question, but why in a community like Riverside would you need a community garden? Mm-hmm. And she didn't realize that some of us have really small plots of land. Mm-hmm. So my home may look like it's got a big yard, but if you went into my backyard, it's tiny. It's tiny. And then, you know, I had another friend say, oh, we get no sun in my backyard. So we've never been able to plant a garden. So there are a variety of reasons people would want to participate. So I posted this and I can't remember if it was me or someone else on the committee was bold enough to tag President Ben Sells in it and saying, Ben, what are we doing about this? (laughs) And he's so responsive, especially on social media when people are talking about stuff related to the village. And he said, let's make it happen. So this is one of the things that I said no to recently. I said, I will not run it. (laughs) I will not run it. I will dig the people up for you and I will deliver them on a platter. Right. You've you've done, you've done the promotion already, Amy. You've done, you've done your job. Right. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, but within, you know, probably the first 48 hours of Ben saying, let's make this happen. Somehow we'll get it done. I then put the call out and saying, the village is serious about this. Who's in? Um, I, I, in fact, I was just looking at the database before I called you. I'm related to speaking to you. Um, but I had 30 solid people who said, I'm in. Wow. So having learned even from the farmer's market, I'm sure half of them will drop out right away mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Sure. You know, work conflicts or family or the garden's not near them or they can't get to it or, or who knows what the hours. But it, even if, if that leaves 15 people, I've learned from the farmer's market when we've done it from a committee of seven or eight or so, they'll be fine. <laughs> so I spoke to Ben and, or someone on the committee spoke to Ben and, um, and he identified a place within the community that we're not necessarily talking about because we're still figuring out logistics and everything. Um, and it had to be a place where we could access water and, you know, uh, a variety of other things, you know, how will we get the the dirt there and will we do raised beds and all that kind of stuff. So um, we've worked with him just a little bit so far, but he's pretty committed to making it happen. And I put out a second call to all, you know, the 30 or so volunteers and said, I need somebody to run this. Like who's willing to, to pick up this ball and make it happen and meet with Forest Park and, um, meet with the village and make sure we're meeting their needs and work with the landowner who might be donating the space and all that kind of stuff. And I got three people who said individually that I'll totally lead this, which is, that's like amazing (laughs) (laughs) to get three people who said, I will pick this thing up from nothing and do all this hard work and I'll find a way to get it done. And someone had brought up, and this came from the post on Facebook where I said, you know, who wants involvement? 
someone said, I think this would be a good job for the, the scouts, either the Boy Scouts or the Girl mm-hmm. Scouts, which was a great idea um, because some of those young men and women going for their gold or award for the girls or their Eagle Scouts, boys are always looking for these civic-minded, mm-hmm. large projects. So I emailed a couple people that I knew were scouts, Boy Scouts in particular, and within 24 hours, I had two two young men going for their Eagle Scout who said, I totally want to leave this. Wow. So the only problem is we could only pick one, right? <laughs> you're not going to have two people going for their Eagle Scout who, uh, who are both going to lead it. So we've, we identified the one who responded first. And even today, I had Girl Scout leaders saying, I have two girls going for their gold that are interested in just unfortunately it was too late. So... I know this was quite a long answer, but the, the <laughs> awesome thing about this is that the community wants to be involved, you know, and they, and I had suggested, see, this is the hard part about not leading it. <laughs> I said, I want you to grow stuff and I want you to give it to the food pantry. <laughs> but if I'm not willing to lead it, share my opinion, but I don't get to push my agenda. <laughs> so it's up to them. I need to learn to step back and say, this is their baby and they can make what they want of it. But wouldn't it be great because our food pantry does not have refrigeration mm-hmm. unlike LaGrange. Um, I don't, I think maybe the, the Bookfield one might have refrigeration, but the township, Riverside Township doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's canned goods, canned goods and dry goods. Gotcha. Um, and then a couple of years ago, we had we had begged <laughs> for them to give um, uh, vouchers for people who are eligible to use the food pantry because you need to meet certain requirements in order to be eligible to, to um, utilize it. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the township thankfully agreed. They gave vouchers to anybody who was eligible to use the pantry to shop the farmer's market. But in, and we worked with them on this to ensure that it was only um, perishable items. So that did not include pizzas or smoothies. <laughs> it, it was like, but they could come and spend the, and I think the voucher, I think the vouchers were like 10 or 15 bucks, mm-hmm. which could go a long way if, you know, they could get butter, eggs, cheese, and produce, basically. Sure. You know, yeah. they weren't going to buy a pie. It's mm-hmm. stuff that they, to supplement what they were getting from from the township food pantry. And that has since kind of gone away for logistical reasons. Mm-hmm. Now that we're over by the water tower, it's not as easy to deal with redemption issues right next to the village hall. So that's why I, I was personally hoping <laughs> That maybe we would grow some produce that can we could work out a way that that could be uh, donated on days that are people people are coming to pick up their um, non perishable items from the pantry. No, oh, that's that's great. That's great. And yeah, and let me just say, you, you're doing an awful lot of leading for not leading the project, Amy. Let's just that's a point. That's a point, point that point out but the I obvious. Keep saying, <laughs> but I but I point out to people all the time when they're like, "That's so awesome." I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm not leading it." <laughs> I'll, 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 believe, I'll, I'll, believe, I'll believe that one when I see it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not on your side. Huh? <laughs> um, okay, well, well, I'm, I'm excited. Good. So. No, no well, clearly. Yeah, no. And I, like, thank you for sharing that with us. It's great. To, like I said, it's and great. I should point out, it won't be this season because mm-hmm. it's, it's too soon. So right. the plans, you know, they're meeting now so that this would be for next season. 
No, that's great. Well, like I said, it's great to get the word out about it now. And like I said, for people who haven't heard about kind of the idea of it yet, um, to know that, you know, that is kind of in the works and that they can reach out if they're, if they're interested in getting involved, even, even though you're not leading the project, which we've clearly, clearly <laughs> here. Um, okay. Well, well, I guess to, to dovetail from that into some more kind of Riverside specific questions for you. So, um, what, I guess if you had to pick one thing that you wish more folks in Riverside either knew, and, and I'll, I'll make the question that they say to either knew about you personally or knew about the farmer's market, what, what would that be? Oh, well, not everybody's in necessarily the local food, but instead it seems like for probably the last five years, they've used the market as a means to kind of, meet up with their friends and neighbors and just, you know, run into people that they know. So it's kind of become a communal gathering spot. Um, but I'm probably most proud of the fact that we're a producer only market, mm-hmm. which you don't find a lot of outside of Evanston and, and Lincoln park and uh, Logan square and, and Oak park. Those really big markets can get away with being a producer only market, but smaller markets like us, if you shop, the markets in our area, we're one of the few producer-only markets, which means you can't come and sell something that make yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm trying to think of, you know, we, we had someone come and want to sell some things that she was knitting. And yes, she was going to make it ultimately herself, but we're pretty stringent about where supplies come from for things you're making so if you're recycling things that's totally fine she was going to get the yarn from china mm-hmm. and we're like yeah that's not going to happen sure. yeah. but we always i always give people references to other markets in our area that i know are not producer only markets i mean we're better or worse i'm just really proud that we're a producer only market as is everybody on the committee we take a lot of pride in being a producer only market had some people violate that thing over the years and we give them one shot or then you're out. Mm-hmm. So we take it really seriously. So the people who are like truly into the local food movement, which is everybody on the committee, mm-hmm. we're super proud. I think that, that it's a producer only market. No, that's great. That's a good thing to know. Like I said, I think that's something that probably the, the public, unless they were involved with the committee, probably generally wouldn't know that. So no, that's a great, I think that's a great answer. Um, so, so next question is what, what is your favorite thing about Riverside? Oh, probably stems back to why I volunteer so much is the sense of community. You know, I've never lived well, other than college. I, I lived in a pretty small town, but um, I've never had the ability, you know, cause I've lived in a couple cities to just kind of wander around and run into people at every corner that I've interacted with at some point, whether it be through my son's school or through the swim club or the farmer's market or the art center, you know, you, I like the ability to kind of just wander around town at any point and meet up with someone I know and have the desire to have a conversation and catch up with them. And I can't imagine you get much of that in a really large community of like say 40,000 people. So I, I like the small town feel and I, my guess is a lot of people might give that answer, which is hey. why most of us are here. 
It is. It has been fairly consistent so far, and I, again, it would probably be probably be my answer to this to my own question as well, too. So I, I certainly yeah. certainly can appreciate that one. Um, now, same, similar question, but opposite way asked. So now, let's say you get to change one thing about Riverside. No questions asked. What would that be? Oh, well, and you know a lot of this too, but um, is the business district. So I think they're working on it, but. I definitely have envy when I visit friends in other communities when they have a place to get a salad <laughs> or a place where their kid can run and get a slice of pizza. Um, it's just, it's been baby steps, but it's been baby steps for a number of years at this point. And that's a big part of the reason why I mentioned to you earlier is that we never want vendors that are going to detract from the business Mm-hmm. of our bricks and mortar, which is why we wanted to give Labara the opportunity to get well-established. So we um, asked that our pizza vendor not come back this year mm-hmm. because we didn't know when Labara was going to open and we would never want to be blamed for them not being able to get a good hold in the community because our pizza vendor, they'd sell 100 pizzas you know, a week. They'd sell out. So we wouldn't, we would never want to detract from any of our businesses. And I think we take a lot of pride in that too. Um, and no, initially I've... when we, initially when we opened um, the, the market itself, there was some concern about us being a big competitor to Riverside Foods. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Pete would agree with this. We will bend over backwards to make room for him at the market anytime he wants to do tasting or, you know, we have, we offer suggestions every year and he's interested. At least I think he's genuinely interested. It's just a matter of having the amount of staff to get over to the market, Mm -hmm. but we really try to foster relationships with the local businesses so that they know we're here to be supportive of them being, you know, valued members of the community. We, we joined the chamber for that reason mm-hmm. because we wanted the chamber to know that we're really serious about supporting local business. We have a business table at the market and we went so far as, and it's right on our website, you can't be at the business table unless you're a member of our chamber. And we turn people away. We'll, pro- we'll probably turn away three or four people a year who apply for the business table and we say, okay, well, here's a link to our chamber. Go ahead and join if you're interested in being at our business table at the market. How many, you know, my guess is it, um, maybe one would join because of that. Um, but we're trying not to bring in competition to our, our local businesses. So we know that if we work through the chamber, we'll ensure that we're kind of being fair to all the established businesses in town. Well, I think, yeah, and I think it's very thoughtful to the amount of, the amount of thought really that you guys put in, put into that. And I think it's, it, again, it speaks to it at the market as well, too. So I appreciate you, you explaining that to folks. And again, I think, I think that's a good reminder for folks as well, too. And I'll just take a chance to, to point it out, too, that, you know, I think while a lot of people have probably been to Labar at this point, it is a good reminder that, you know, again, if you're used to, kind of coming down to the market and, you know, and getting your pizza and supporting some of the farmers and so forth, you know, they, they do have a takeout window right there that you can, you can do takeout orders from, um, you know, so again, that, that, that tradition doesn't have to change for folks. It just, you know, might change the location where you pick up the pizza if you're, if you're still coming down for that. So I think I just thought that exactly. would be quite well too. Um, and then the last question for you, um, what's the kindest thing that someone from Riverside has done for you? 
Oh, you know, the kind of thing was probably when I was having some pretty serious health issues. Let's see, it's probably like eight years ago. And people found out through the grapevine and initiated something through juniors and made sure like my family was fed through all that time. And it was just super kind and made a huge difference at a really difficult period for us. So that was definitely the kindest thing. Well, and there's, and there's that small, that small town again, I think speaks to, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard multiple, multiple examples of that answer as well too, from, from other guests as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Amy, thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on and kind of sharing the, the story of the farmer's market and your story as well. Um, so for sure. folks to, to stay up to date on the farmer's market, um, what's the best, what's the best way for people to stay up to date? You know, where should they go online? How, how do they, how do they keep, keep track of everything that's going on with the farmer's market? We have a Riverside farmer's market Facebook page, but I realize not everybody is on social media. Uh, we choose to use it because we have the control of updating it quickly, especially during the market. If there's going to be a weather issue or if we have a new vendor coming or that kind of thing. Um, for just regular information, I would just be on the lookout for emails via the village because they're really supportive about sending out a weekly email just kind of letting residents know what's going on at the market that week. Great. And, and again, you said, and you said it's Wednesdays, 2.30 to 7, and that's starting yep. June 7th and running through mid-October, correct? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Great. Perfect. All right. Well, Amy, thanks so much again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Hey, neighbor. Brian here again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Live Here Riverside podcast. You can read our blog posts and hear future episodes of this podcast by visiting us online at livehereriverside.com or liking our Facebook page, Live Here Riverside. One last thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a neighbor that you think would enjoy it as well. Thanks for stopping by.